This episode of The Clear Out was recorded on the 28th of December 2022 at home in Wicklow. And it is a pretty chilled out episode that is basically my review of and reflection on the year that was um, mostly through uh, talking about the, the memorable movies that I watched um and just a little bit of a uh, little bit of chat about some other conclusions um about some of the challenges that were faced this year i um i didn't really i didn't veer into into um incidents outside my own um personal experience i didn't really comment on um, things that happened out there in the wider world although I must say I have found myself in over the Christmas thinking about the the events up in Donegal at the gas station um, a couple of months ago that terrible tragedy and also thinking about the the incident in Solihull in England with those poor children who fell into the the, the frozen lake um, yeah for some reason those two two tragedies really got inside my head and just the 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 horrific time those families would have been facing this particular christmas um so yeah anyway um that's really yeah that's that's um that's what's coming up in 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 the episode it's um it's pretty pretty light and pretty um pretty uh undemanding stuff which i think is uh is what we kind of need at this time of the year that little lull after the christmas so um oh my daughter Maeve drops in as well at the end for a chat she said she wanted to chat and then <laughs> she didn't really want to chat at all she was kind of i think she was more enamored of the the idea of being on rather than having much to say this time but that's okay that's okay we just we just went with it and then you can only hear me you can hear me getting sort of impatient with her and going get the hell out of here get off the mic (laughs) so um there you go that's what's coming up and uh, i'll see you around the corner cheers not gonna change my mind leaving the dream Hi, my name is Dara Clear and you're listening to The Clear Out. You're very welcome. I hope this finds you well. How are you? How's the how's the holiday season going for you? Everything running smoothly? I um I'm still getting over that dose <laughs> that I had last week when I recorded the the Christmas special. And yeah just been just been under the weather for the last week which definitely pinches at the at the sides of enjoying the week that was in it and uh, applies a bit of a bit of pressure just not being really in full full fettle so um it's been it's been frustrating personally um but, but as always, there are there are those who are are much worse than me. So um, that's really, really what I try to remind myself of. Instead of 
moping and whinging and whining and feeling sorry for myself. Um, there are those who are in far, far worse condition than I am. And uh, yeah, just try to keep keep perspective and um, be grateful that all I have bothering me is a bit of a, some sort of viral nonsense. Anyway, anyway, so this is that, that funny time of year, that funny time of year, that little interim between Christmas and New Year's, the lull, the time when everyone kind of collapses a little after the big push towards Christmas, if uh, if that's if that's a holiday that you celebrate, and it's 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 kind of limboish energy at this time of year. And I remember last year at this time I did an episode, and I was just focusing on that kind of opportunity to just to just take a chill pill, to just relax and go. It's all good. Just um, have a pause. Um, if you're like me. Um, I've been I've been feeling exhausted. I think the there's something that happens. It's the way we the way we frame time and the way we relate to time and how aware we are of what a year feels like and how the accumulation of the demands of the year accumulation of the things that have been asked of us the energy that we have given um outside of ourselves uh there's a sort of a toll at the end of the year um i find and the toll is exhaustion the toll is just feeling about as close to burnt out as you can feel that's my experience and you know listen you might be very very lucky you might be very lucky and go, no, I'm great. <laughs> I feel amazing. I've had an amazing year. Everything's been amazing. January, February, March, April, <laughs> May, June, July, August, September, October, November, December. 12 months of amazingness. And I feel like I'm my best self. I'm living my best life. I followed my bliss and it led me to this. And I don't know what the hell you're talking about, you moany mope <laughs> in your in your little house in Wicklow. Um, well, listen, what can I say? Good for you. I'm very happy for you. Uh, I you know I, I hope you're I hope you're enjoying. You're thriving. Um, I haven't been thriving. I've been waning. <laughs> I've been I've been like the outgoing tide. And I haven't been in the water for over a week. It's about my longest break this year. Probably when I had COVID in the middle of the year, I had a longish break as well. But um, I just haven't felt up to getting back in the water. And I think that was a bit of a shift I tried to make this year is to go, don't, just don't be obsessed. Don't be obsessed with doing the exercise thing. Don't be obsessed with the healthy routine it's okay to take a break it's okay just let it go ain't no thing so um i'd be i'd be i'm not gonna lie i'd be disappointed if i didn't manage to get in to the water once or twice before new year's so i'm um i'm running out of time that only gives me a few days to play with but uh i'd be hoping to get back in the water before the new year 
uh, comes in just for the the symbolism of it just to just to show to myself I didn't give up <laughs> I didn't give up on the year and I think I'm getting closer to uh, being able to do that so the um I never I never regret I never regret getting in the water that's the that's what keeps me going back no matter how crappy I might feel heading down no matter how daunting the conditions or the cold temperature might be I always feel good getting out on the other side of it great for the head it's a great reset and um that is a thing that is a thing I found I think it was two days ago I was feeling <laughs> I was feeling pretty flat and just found my 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 head spiraling in negative circles and it's 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 the hardest thing to get that little circuit breaker to snap you out of the um the hold that 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 line of thinking can impose um i took myself back to bed for a few hours and i kind of slept it off a little bit and caught up and you know had a shave and freshened up and that's always a that's always a good a good thing to do i find if um if i find myself in not good headspace which is not to i'm not i don't want to overstate it i'm not going to call it a depressive episode although my my thinking was very negative but i find that that's that can come that can come with just simply with fatigue and fatigue definitely can open the door to a certain susceptibility to negative thoughts for myself anyway I, that, that's that, that's been my experience i've been very cognizant of that this year um you know i've definitely fallen into a bit of a habit a late night habit of sitting up late on my own maybe just you know surfing the web maybe watching something that i'm not fully engaged with um and just resisting the resisting the call to bed really to to resisting what my body is saying my body and brain are saying you should actually rest just sleep um but there's something about the the relationship i have with watching movies in particular the the you know it's kind of a it's kind of a narcotic insofar as there's an addictive nature for me that i go no i'm going to do this and i'll go on this journey of being immersed in a movie particularly of course it helps if the movie is very good um but it's not always the best choice to be honest with you and i need to i need to look at that and go maybe i can break that habit and that might encourage me to read more which i did very little of this year it might encourage me to sleep more which i probably don't get enough of in general i generally try to try to survive on six hours uh, sleep a night and that seems to do me the vast majority of the time but um i have found over this little christmas period that i've been wanting to sleep longer and that's obviously what i need at the moment so um yeah but i struggle with that i struggle with that i kind of go oh no there's something wrong why am i getting eight hours sleep instead of six what's wrong with me <laughs> what sort of a loser am i <laughs> it's um it's ridiculous anyway so um i got this this episode i sort of wanted in, in my mind and i i did mention this last last in last week's episode um 
I kind of wanted this week's episode to be a little bit of a a review of the year. And it's a funny thing because then I'm like, I, I, <laughs> I don't know how much there is worth reviewing. Um, it's been it's been busy. I'll um, I'll I'll touch I'll touch on I, I will look at that now in a moment. And maybe maybe put maybe try to put it into some sort of form. But um, just on last week's episode, I mean, that that was just such an effort last week. So I really was feeling lousy from, you know, from the moment I I tried to record the, 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 the music, the few songs I did with with my wife, Kiara, and felt lousy right through the day and felt lousy when I was recording the story and my interview with my daughter and doing all the bits and putting it together and um you know fine like it was great to get it done and I was delighted and I was actually quite happy with how the the story came out the the the, the few songs it was you know I I listened back to the episode a few nights ago and you know there was a bit of distortion on the sound and the whole thing was just a little bit too rushed and I just wasn't because I was feeling wrecked um, and I hadn't, you know, for whatever, for lots of reasons, we just hadn't, the window hadn't presented itself for us to really have a proper run through. And I don't like, you know, I, I don't like to apologize <laughs> for, you know, for, for stuff that's already done. It's done. It's over. Um, but I mean, I listened back and I was like, oh, my God. And I was saying, I was kind of joking with my my wife the other night, and I was just saying, you know, the only thing worse than the really below par singing, and I I speak for myself, was the absolute unimaginative straightness of the interpretations of the songs. And I really, yeah, I listened back and was like, oh man, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing that again. So next year, um, you know, I'm working on the assumption that the podcast will be thriving still thriving a year from now those uh whatever our christmas whatever our christmas recital is for the podcast there's going to be a little bit more work put into it so at the very least it just sounds nicer and it's nicer to listen to and i'm in a better place vocally but um yeah what can you do i mean it's it you know it, it it's all well and good like this idea i have of go on just press 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 the record button and go and what you're going to produce is something spontaneous something real and that has its own merits that's yeah i mean that's fine that's a that's a fine theory (laughs) but sometimes um it doesn't make for compelling listening and it doesn't make for particularly nice listening um and i've been caught out i've been caught out a few times uh, maybe more than a few times this year with the undercooked, underprepared thing and found myself flailing and put it out anyway. And maybe that's a bit unfair. Maybe that's a bit unfair on you, the listener. Maybe that's a maybe that's a poor reflection of my complacency or my disregard for the 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 listener's experience. Um, I'm just not one of these idiots who's getting high on his own supply. <laughs> it was amazing. It was, you know, it was so from the heart. Anyway, what can you do? You can rehearse. That's what you can do. And you can prepare. That's what you can do. So that's, um, yeah, that's my little telling off to myself. And um, if 
if the shoddiness of the effort last week stopped you from enjoying it more, I do uh, I, I do apologise because I don't want to put out stuff that's actually not of a reasonable standard and not um, entertaining enough to listen to and uh, entertaining enough for you to to spend your time and to allocate time to this to this tell and I'm grateful if you did and um, will continue to be grateful if you continue to do so so anyway anyway the um, the review of the year it's funny I found myself primarily wanting to talk about the kind of the, the you know my what was on my sort of watch list this year like what I watched and things that stayed with me or resonated or were particularly good um and it's it's it, you know it, it's not a massive list it's not a massive list um i had some nice little watching experiences just over the christmas um a couple of weekends ago my daughter and i sat down to watch again uh greta gerwig's little women and I'm beginning to think that that is a, a perfect movie. Um, I, I, I struggle to think of where there's a weakness in the movie. I just find it incredibly moving. I find it so well played, so well acted, so well written and so well designed. Um, beautifully shot, beautifully scored, really well directed. Um, I mean, maybe there's a maybe there's a, a contemporary sensibility that is imposed on it slightly that the, the the contemporary feminist perspective um but within the context of the story i feel it works it works and i continue to love uh Sergio ronan's performance as joe and um love Florence Pugh's performance as I've gone blank on her name that the character's name the sister the kind of selfish sister (laughs) Uh, and I still find Timothy Chalamet's body language irritating Um, but I just think it's an absolutely beguiling movie and yeah it's it's deeply romantic and and it's deeply affirmative of of the female sort of sensibility and the female outlook and female striving um it's deeply affirmative of sisterhood um of of family um and neighborliness and community and good people doing the right thing and um and maybe that that also is an aspect of its its romance um yeah i really like it i don't, i mean i mean i'm not sure if i'll continue to really like it but um oh yeah i i, I was thoroughly <laughs> thoroughly engaged again and um found myself uh getting very emotional at the uh, at, at the appropriate moments um my daughter and I also watched a couple of my old Christmas favourites, um, The Bishop's Wife um, with David Niven and Cary Grant and Loretta Young, Monty Woolley. Uh, we also watched the original Miracle on 34th Street um, with a very lovely performance by 
Edmund Gwynn as as Chris Kringle, um, and the young Natalie Wood, of course. My my daughter was fascinated uh, to be told by me that Natalie Wood died young in that that uh, what boating accident, drowning accident. There seems to be still a bit of mystery around that, doesn't there? All these years later, uh, my daughter has a yeah rather rather morbid <laughs> fascination with uh, with death and grisly ends. She's no Wednesday Adams, um, but she seems to yeah something in her personality really enjoys the gore and the grim stuff um this is if i haven't mentioned it in previous episodes this was marked early on when she she seemed to 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 declare a very keen affinity with darth vader from the uh, the star wars movies um yeah so i don't know it it should i mean it, it it's a warning isn't it if nothing else i'll be I'll be watching out now during the teen years for uh, the bad boys she's attracted to. You know, the Darth Vader's, the spotty, horny Darth Vader's that she brings home. I'd be like, get the feck out of here. Okay, the force, the force is, uh, the force is strong with me. And uh, thou shalt not pass to jump into another, into another franchise. Um, that's something else we've been watching over Christmas um, we've started re-watching the Lord of the Rings trilogy I haven't watched that new series the um, I can't even tell you what it's called something about rings isn't it I haven't haven't started watching that new series but it's been interesting to re-watch um, that we've watched the first two parts of the Lord of the Ring trilogy Lord of the Rings trilogy that Peter Jackson did like 20 years ago Um and you know, you think you're still in your mind. I don't know about you, but like I think, oh yeah, twenty years ago, I just feel like they're, they're still quite recent. Those movies, um, but it is. I guess that's like you know, my mum recommending seventies movies when I was in my, you know, mid to late teens. Um, yeah, it's kind of interesting because that seemed like such a different era, and. I don't know. I mean, my daughter's not old enough yet to to grasp that sense of I'm looking at something from a different time. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure what that effect will be when it comes. And of course, if you know, if we're talking about Lord of the Rings, I mean, it, it, it's fantasy, so it becomes somewhat um, ageless because of of the setting and whatnot. But um, but speaking of Peter Jackson. Um, the I started this year with another Peter Jackson uh, work, which was his Beatles documentary Get Back. So that was definitely you know very uh, compelling watch at the start of the year, um, and just going on that that journey, um, to be there in the studio watching the uh <laughs> the beatles working on working on their you know working on the album and um producing those songs and just looking at the extraordinary talent 
the youth, the chemistry, the the fragility, the love. Um, and just looking at those guys and just, you know, they're just how kind of iconic and being aware of how iconic they were and have continued to be. Um, and it was, it was just a, a fascinating, fascinating window into their process, into kind of the end of their time as, as that entity. Um, and there was something very, you know, very, very kind of beautiful and very moving um, about it. And I'm, I'm very glad to have seen it. Um, it was just, yeah, it, it, it was just kind of just kind of fascinating. And I don't know. Also, for me, it, it was a sort of a, a hearkening back to how large the Beatles loomed as legendary figures in my childhood. Um, Because obviously, uh, when I was growing up, I mean, I remember Lennon being shot. Um, I was aware that Paul McCartney was doing other music. Uh, Didn't really know much about what, you know, the, the solo efforts of George Harrison and Ringo Starr until a little bit later. Um... But they were just, I don't know, they were like, um, they were like kind of musical gods in a way, um, you know, on Mount Olympus, you know, the Mount Olympus of, of songwriters and pop songwriters. And you just kind of, I just took it that they were beyond reproach and any Beatles song was going to be a good Beatles song or a great Beatles song. Um, I had my own favourites. I particularly loved Good Day Sunshine and Eleanor Rigby um, and some of the love songs as well. I was very drawn to. But um, but yeah, so that was great to start the year looking at um, Peter Jackson's Get Back. Really some achievement. Um, and he seems to only want to, to do things that are really, really long and uh, make huge demands of the viewer. But um, that wasn't demanding for some reason. That just was easy, easy to watch all, whatever it was, eight and a half hours of it. Um, Lord of the Rings, I'm not sure. Um, the, the, the Two Towers is not quite as good as The Fellowship of the Ring, in my opinion. And we'll, we'll watch The Return of the King over the next couple of days, I would say. I always loved uh, Sean Bean's performance in the first one. That's one of my all-time favourite Sean Bean performances as as the sort of ill-fated Boromir um, and his his death at the end. Uh, I I continue to find very very moving, um, and just that sort of that thread that runs through it, which. It's kind of part and parcel with these fantasy epics is sort of the seeking of and restoration of uh, honour and, you know, being honourable and men and, you know, and particularly men who are sort of soldiers or fighters and trying to be good leaders, finding honour um, in, in difficult circumstances or overcoming their own flaws uh, or, own, or their own failings. Um just a brilliant bit of storytelling in in you know in the movie uh with with Boromir's end 
anyway the the other kind of things this year that that stood out i mean there were movies that i kind of got to a little bit late um i watched nomadland the uh the chloe Zhao movie which was focusing on the the kind of economic migrants around america um you know migrant workers gig economy workers who just travel around finding work i thought i thought that was brilliant i thought francis mcdormand's performance was amazing and um I found myself very moved by that at one point. Um, some, I think when she was travelling down the, the, the West Coast, maybe it was the Pacific Highway, and I don't know, there was something about it that really got inside me. Uh, so that was really, yeah, really, really good. And just the whole movie kind of is carried along by um, Frances McDormand's um, just for sort of humanity and her kind of decency, you know, you know what she brings to that character in in the movie. I thought that was very, very good. Another another one, another movie I really enjoyed was Mike Mills's "Come On, Come On." Um, it's very nicely shot, black and white movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix as a you know a radio documentary maker who finds himself taking care of his nephew while his sister deals with her husband who's having a very difficult time in his life. And it's sort of a, I suppose, a, it's a, it, it, I don't know how to describe that movie, but it's a, it, there's a bit of a road movie aspect to it. There's a bit of a um, kind of a lonely man stepping up to step, you know, stepping up and into a surrogate parenting role and learning about himself in that capacity as a more than just a you know more than just a visiting uncle and I can't remember the name of the the young actor who plays his nephew but there's a yeah just a really nice chemistry between he and Joaquin Phoenix and the movie's interspersed with Joaquin's interviews with his subjects, these young people talking about their experiences growing up in America. Um, so, yeah, really nice and a bit, little bit unconventional and just not following the normal kind of plot beats of that kind of story, but really well worth, well worth um, having a look at if you haven't seen it. I also enjoyed that Stephen Sondheim documentary, the name of which I cannot remember, but it was on Netflix. And it was the one about the doomed Stephen Sondheim show um, when he was at kind of the peak of his powers. And it was directed by a cast member of this musical of Stephen Sondheim's that ultimately was a flop in a very short period of time. So it's kind of this very bittersweet documentary about you know actors who thought they were going to break big in a hugely successful Sondheim musical and it didn't happen and some of them went on to success success elsewhere um particularly particularly what's his name what's the actor from Seinfeld the um <laughs> the nebishy um whiny moany one with the glasses oh man i didn't watch seinfeld that's why i can't bring his name to my mind jason 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 something or other so he was one of the original cast members and uh, obviously he, he went on and has had a, a very good career but it was um 
yeah, really, you know, it was a really kind of not, not, not revelatory to me because I've been an actor and I know how tough that can be. Um, but it really had a good look at this is, you know, this is where actors can end up. <laughs> and it's kind of sad because, you know, it, it's directed with, of course, huge affection um, for the people involved. And a lot of the actors ended up not uh, having stellar careers. Um, so it's kind of, yeah, no, it was really interesting and kind of fascinating and fascinating to see why that show wasn't successful at the time subsequently it became successful with remounts which adds to the sort of the bittersweet nature of it for those who had been involved in the original in the original cast so that was worth that was worth looking at as well um other things other things i watched and felt were worth looking at would have been um severance the the the, it's an, an apple tv show wasn't it directed by ben stiller um, and that was a very kind of creepy, unsettling, sort of, uh, what, believable, semi-dystopian sci-fi series uh, where people could have their consciousness split between working life and home life. Um, and the the lead character... Um, you know who were who were asked to to join on his journey he's he's you know deliberately wanted to have that sort of separation so he could cope with a particular loss in his life and a very quirky and ultimately unsettling series that was only season one so i thought that was very 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 good and um yeah very good and very very well acted as well um the the Batman that movie that was out in the middle of the year I thought was very good Robert Pattinson doing his thing as Batman I thought that worked very well nice and atmospheric nice and textured um, and kind of returned Batman more to his uh, detective roots um, rather than just the kind of the superhero crash bang wallop stuff so uh, I thought that was successful as well um i'm trying to think what else you know i was always kind of you know revisiting certain movies moneyball is comfort food for me um with brad pitt and um the late great philip seymour hoffman and jonah hill bennett miller wasn't who directed it uh moneyball continues to be comfort food so i watched that at least once this year the other night i rewatched uh the last james bond movie which i watched this time last year no time to die and yeah that's a that's a that's a very entertaining movie that is a very entertaining movie good set pieces daniel craig i i liked it i liked him i liked his outings as bond and um i heard i was listening to um the rewatchables that podcast i like uh this week, the guys did an episode on recent enough Mission Impossible movie, and they were trying to talk about the difference between the Mission Impossible franchise and, and James Bond and, and Mission Impossible. They're just, they're just big action movies, and um, Ethan Hunt, the Tom Cruise character, he's, he's not really an iconic character the way James Bond is. And I was thinking, no shit, lads. I mean, Bond represents something else now as a kid 
I watched James Bond movies like you couldn't get a cooler, more exciting uh, movie going. I mean, apart from Star Wars movies and Raiders of the Lost Ark, uh, which I watched for the first time this year with my daughter, as in her first time to watch it. That was a that was definitely a highlight. <laughs> um, other things as well, but the yeah, the Bond thing, the you know it it lost something along the way um and i mean this this has been covered by so many other people but the you know the, i spoke earlier this year on one of the shows about kind of tone that's not that's not that long ago it's only only four or five episodes ago and the tone of the bond movies just got a little bit too camp and a little bit too silly and tastes tastes changed and people got bored and with each actor who played the role like going back to Connery like once they got to kind of the latter end of playing Bond and really are looking at the actors going you're just getting a bit too old for this guys you know it it would lose its credibility and then they'd reboot and go again and go okay now it's had that you know a re-injection of energy Um, but like each actor would bring their own thing Um, you know Connery just had his, his his ruggedness and his toughness. George Lazenby had his one shot in you know, a very stylish Bond movie, but somehow he wasn't quite right. Roger Moore just brought that sort of winking, tongue-in-cheek thing all the time. Um, Timothy Dalton was kind of grim. He, so he, he sort of... He did sort of anticipate Daniel Craig to an extent, but those movies just weren't that exciting. Um, and then Brosnan was the original kind of right. We've got we've got it right again. Um, once he was able to escape his Remington Steel obligations and take on the role, and those movies were a lot of fun, and they brought back a bit of, I don't know what they they be. They were sort of high octane again. You know, Sean Bean, nice Sean Bean performance in Goldeneye, the first Pierce Brosnan movie, but ultimately Brosnan came a cropper in. Um, a Bond, a Bond movie that I always quite liked, Die Another Day. That's the one that has the invisible car. Um, and Madonna is in that. And it's a great fight in a in her sort of fencing academy uh, where Brosnan has this sword fight with, I want to say, Toby Stevens. That one was directed by Lee Tamahori, wasn't it, who directed Once Were Warriors. Much maligned, that Bond movie, but uh, I quite liked it. Um and of course, Judy Dench was the great, great addition to the franchise. She really, really was brilliant. And then when they finally retired Brosnan and introduced Craig, it just felt like, oh yeah, they've got it. They're, they're just in such a sweet spot. Um, although some people have found the Craig Bonds a bit too grim and dour and serious, but I kind of liked it. And I think Daniel Craig did more than any other Bond to humanise him. And the writers obviously kept something going with um, with the Bond narrative, and gay, and they just raised the personal stakes by bringing people into the story that Bond cared about in a way that hadn't been seen before in any serious way, um, and then introducing actors like Ben Whishaw into the franchise, uh, you know, just bringing that quality in, just layered it and textured it Ralph finds Rafe Ralph as M really really good 
Um, so yeah, so that was um, yeah. I rewatched that the other night. The the, the you know the final the final Daniel Craig chapter and um, really really good stuff. Some great great uh, sequences and um, quite a moving end to Daniel Craig's time. And he was kind of looking. He was looking looking the part. He was looking a bit weary and a bit frayed and you know thematically the director Kari Fukunaga his um he just kept on doing this thing where Bond would you know be he'd be kind of in the in the dying light and so I think that was kind of the motif for the movie was it's sundown um because the you know Daniel Craig was frequently shot with the sun behind him going down low in the sky and um yeah it, i just you know again if you care about these things you know I don't, I don't think it was a coincidence that yeah the sun is going down on the daniel craig bond and on this era of bond and it's not like i'm a huge diehard bond fan um in spite of anything i have just said but uh i did very much enjoy the daniel craig bond but i know he's off elsewhere now doing uh that I don't know, I find it less interesting, the Rian Johnson um, Southern Detective stuff in um, Knives Out, and then the one I haven't seen yet, is it The Glass Onion, is that what it's called? Anyway, we'll wait and see, we'll wait and see. Um, Andrew Dominic's Blonde, I think, would be on my, my list of movies that had a, an impact on me this year. The The much-hated and much-written-about Marilyn Monroe biopic based on the Joyce Carol Oates uh, biopic book. Uh, so not a biopic, what the hell am I talking about? Fictionalised biography. <laughs> um, but I I liked it. I liked it a lot. And Anna de Armas, I think, brought something really quite compelling to that, to that performance. Um, whether or not you agree with Andrew Dominic's narrative choices, which came from Joyce Carol Oates's book, so, but I, I found it really, I just found that the movie sat with me and stayed with me, and I found myself thinking about, thinking about it for 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 days, if not weeks, afterwards, and sometimes that's um, that's how you know if a if a movie has has worked for you or been effective. Um, another. Another movie I watched was The Worst Person in the World. The name of the director, I will not be able to name for you, or the name of the, the actress who plays the, the lead, I cannot tell you. But it was, was it a Norwegian film? Uh, Scandinavian anyway. And it was just this really, what, diverting interesting funny witty clever um i don't want to say love story that's not quite right but just a sort of a and again a coming of age story doesn't feel quite right but a kind of a very zeitgeisty movie about a young adult today um and told with a lot of a lot of visual flair and told with a lot of yeah a lot of wit and intelligence um yeah and really yeah just again just there's just just a a nice alternative to a lot of um hollywood offerings or american offerings 
Um, so yeah, the worst person in the world, which basically follows the the journey of a of a young woman, kind of finding her way through relationships and life and maturation and wondering what she should be doing with herself and what job she should be working in, what man should she be with, should she become a mother, should she not become a mother, who's she really in love with, you know, is she able to cope with the, the state of the world in the 21st century. And, um, yeah, really, 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 really nice. Um, Jordan Peele's Nope was another very interesting movie. Um, I think he's really brilliant, actually. And he he just has an extraordinary feel for atmosphere and an extraordinary feel for sort of horror set pieces. Um, can create very disturbing images on screen. Um, and horror might be overstating. I don't want to kind of shoehorn him into that genre. But um, he's a really, I just think he's a really, really interesting storyteller and he's interested in race and America and identity and he casts really interesting actors and creates really interesting worlds. Um, the the move, This particular movie, Nope, um, and, and just, just to clarify, if, if you're not familiar with well, certainly what I see with Jordan Peele, and I think he said it himself, or maybe I've read him saying this, but like he's kind of making genre movies and populating them with black characters. Because I think well, my sense is that he felt he grew up watching a lot of, you know, 80s movies and just never seeing black protagonists in genre movies, you know, when it's say, sci-fi or horror or westerns or rom-coms or whatever and he is kind of creating his own oeuvre of genre movies but like really clever clever mind-bending sometimes um stories in within so far within kind of horror or horror adjacent genres and populating them with really interesting uh black characters um and nope was definitely in that area as well for me maybe the the, le- the least successful of his three movies so far but i find myself thinking about that movie and thinking about certain sequences and going oh yeah that was brilliant and that was brilliant and yeah so you know someone will just kind of continue to watch and go okay what's what's he going to do next um one of my favorite movies of the last year without question was paul thomas anderson's licorice <laughs> i'm laughing because some people will fight me to the death licorice pizza licorice 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 um licorice pizza um which i guess was released in the the states maybe at the end of last year um and i i ended up seeing it twice this year once kind of towards the start of the year and once i watched it again rewatched it recently and Again, just a really assured uh, movie by, you know, a contemporary master. I mean, Paul Thomas Anderson just makes um, utterly distinctive movies and uh, 
Licorice Pizza just has this amazing, amazing kind of, you know, loose, freewheeling um, energy um, as we follow the, the kind of ups and downs of a couple of young people in uh, in the valley, as they say, in, in, in California back in the day, back in the 70s. And um, his central... Well, it's it's hard to tell who the central character is. You think it's Philip Seymour Hoffman's son. Um, Oh, man, I've gone blank on his name. But he's the young protagonist, a teenage kind of child star and go-getter entrepreneur. And he falls in with an older girl, young woman, who um, is one of the the members of the, the band Haim. Haim. Haim, Haim, H-A-I-M. And she gives this amazing performance and we sort of end up following her as much as, if not more than, um, the young the young Hoffman, Cooper Hoffman, that's it. Is it Cooper Hoffman? And then there's Bradley Cooper in it as well. Am I confu- getting that confused? Bradley Cooper giving a ridiculous performance as the, the producer, John Peters. Um, just so much to see, to watch, to observe in the movie. Sean Penn uh, giving a version of uh, um, superannuated uh, William Holden um, pulling off stunts for the entertainment of the patrons of a local cocktail lounge. Um, Again, a soundtrack, various set pieces, various cameos. Um, But again... Philip and uh, Philip, you know, um, Paul Thomas Anderson again being just being a master of tone, and a master of what he is trying to show us and what he's trying to tell us, and where he wants the camera to be and what he wants his actors to do, and it's just yeah, it's just a pleasure to kind of go on the journey and go on the ride with his characters and with his camera. Um, and he just taps into something about youth and, you know, youth and kind of cheeky, haphazard misadventure, um, or, you know, young people getting into scrapes. Um, but he does it in, in a way that just feels very organic and believable. It's not done for comic effect or not. We're not being asked to come in and laugh at these characters. Like we're really going, you know, we're brought in to experience it with them um, and have a sense of the the freedom that they were extended. Um, so, yeah, just a just a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant thing. And we look forward to whatever whatever he does next as well. So, um so yeah, I'm not sure. I'm not sure um what else was on my uh my list, my kind of my standouts for the year. Because that didn't sound like an awful lot, but anything I mentioned was I think well worth um commenting upon. And I mean apart from that, the the year was just a um a blur of recording the podcast every week getting it out there every Thursday. A couple of highlights there were, were definitely some of the interview episodes. I really enjoyed interviewing Ashley Cregan. Um, 
and talking about talking about her book. Um, that was in the middle of the year. I really enjoyed talking to my pals Gavin McCaffrey and Sean Whitehill about their sort of artistic journeys and you know that kind of thing. Um, and enjoyed you know loved having Alan Clark in to talk to him about his work as uh, an illustrator and a sculptor. So um, that'll definitely be something I'll continue doing through 2023 um getting more people in for 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 interviews um and i have to as i said before i've got to get over my my tech phobia so i can start doing some online interviews as well zoom interviews and capturing them for the podcast because there are opportunities there that perhaps i'm missing out on by by not doing that um the new website is coming imminently it's in a in a state of almost readiness, so we'll be launching that. Um, thanks to to Daniel for his his work there. Um, that'll be that'll be coming in the new year, early early in the new year. So that's something good. That's that's um, we're looking forward to having. Um, what else? Oh yeah, just um, yeah, and uh, you know a lot of a lot of swimming this year. <laughs> No, no, really fascinating. Yeah, a lot of swimming. Um, I mean, if you're looking for numbers, <laughs> I can give you numbers. I can give you numbers. I write it all down. I keep track. I keep track of my own movements, um, just in case I, just in case I need an alibi. Um, I keep track of my own movements. So uh, I managed to throw myself into the sea about 150 times this year, and swim. Um, there were also over 100 karate classes taught there were also um 20 25 self-defense classes taught about 35 um tai chi classes and um a lot of my own just my own morning sessions my own morning routine that gets up into the uh into the 300s into the maybe i'm pushing 400 there with those um, morning effort, my own little kind of bits of conditioning, karate, that kind of thing. Um, lots of walking. There was the the arrival of Pepper, Pepper the puppy. That was definitely a big moment this year. Definitely a big moment at the end of the year. We're still we're still adapting to that puppy's first Christmas. So so that's been nice. And um, yeah, I don't know. It's um, it's it's been a year it's been a year of lots of lots of internal wrangling and a year of challenges on the home front and elsewhere and that stuff that is all it's all there to be negotiated and my attitude is it it's all there to kind of you know a challenge is you know it's only of use to you if it helps you grow um a challenge is no good (laughs) a challenge is no good if it just endlessly sets you back and diminishes you um and leaves you lost or staring into corners um the challenges that come that give you something to to ask you know to, to ask yourself to stand up to learn to grow to adapt to do better they um they're they don't always feel welcome i mean that's 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 the truth but 
if you can get to the other side and go i'm actually i've got i've got new insights i've learned and i think with learning comes growth and that to me is a an objective like that to me is a wellness objective to to keep learning to keep growing to keep developing and not not in a sense of ascending a mountain but I like the idea of deepening an idea of of deepening of becoming more textured of becoming more nuanced and of having greater resources and greater a greater sort of richness of experience to draw upon with which to face the next challenges that come um and the more i you know i believe the more you can kind of trust in those resources the less freaked out you have to be by by new challenges by the challenges that are are pretty much inevitable um i think the the more you can trust in those resources the greater the chance is you can stay calm stay focused breathe into it and respond in a way that is you know is genuinely sort of optimal um for whatever for wherever you're at at that particular time um and it's to help it's to help not get pulled off the cliff into the into the kind of the anxiety abyss uh i think that can only be a good thing so um so yeah i mean that's um it that's that, that's that's not a you know it's certainly a, it's certainly not a note of triumph um but it's a note of of calmness and it's uh it's meant to be a note of of reassurance i suppose i mean and and you know i'm trying to that's a note of re- reassurance for myself whether or not it's reassuring to you that's up to you to to work out if you think there's any merit in what i say or if you think i'm completely delusional <laughs> which which is all which is always which is always possible um one other lovely thing happened uh actually now that i think about it um at the end of the year there my my friend phelan cannon uh of the theatre company Broken Talkers, which he co-runs with his creative partner Gary Keegan, uh, Phelan reached out to me and asked me if I'd like to be involved in a um, a theatrical iteration of that work I was involved in with the the young guys in Ballymun this time last year. That that project for me was unfulfilled, unfortunately, because funding ran out. But um, there's an opportunity now to to revisit that work in theatrical form and i uh, i sat down in a theatrical space for the first time in a few years just just last week um, with phelan and gary and our producer and some other performers and some technical people um and eddie the the movement director choreographer and um it was great it was lovely it was lovely to sit down and have a pass at a, a script that was a work in progress um but that means in the new year i'll be getting back into the theatrical space 
into a rehearsal space with some really good people uh, on a really interesting project uh, which will lead to some performances in um, in Dublin um, in late February I think late February early March so I'll keep you posted on that one but that was um, that was great that was a really nice way to to end the year in terms of uh, an artistic venture professional involvement in something and I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to getting into that now in in January so so yeah so look there you go that's um I think that is my review of the year I don't, I don't know I mean it's there's a lot of stuff I probably left out there but um here I am it's uh what is the date I'm recording this on the the 20 the 20 what 28th yeah the 28th of December so I'm here my daughter's here my wife is here we're here together the, the puppy's here the cats are here the guinea pigs the chickens are out in the coop going let us in no chickens no you're not getting in and um, it's all good we're all here we're well and we're together so um, I don't know that's uh, that's about as much as I could hope for and other people are not doing so well and there have been some losses this year as well so that's that's uh, always a great sort of perspective giver um Okay, so look, I'm going to get Maeve in here again. She asked if she could come on. <laughs> she asked if she could come on again and have another chat with me. So I'm going to I'm going to get her in here now. And we're going to wrap up this episode with uh, another little chat with Maeve. I'm going to see what she has to say for herself. So hold on there. Maeve is incoming. Okay, so I'm very happy to welcome back to the podcast Maeve, how are you, Maeve? Good. Okay, what's going on with you? I don't know. You don't know. You did. You were you were quite you were quite keen to come back and have a chat, weren't you? Yes. You enjoyed that last week. Yes. So how's the Christmas been? It's been great. Great. Yeah. Okay. Um, what have been the what what have been the highlights of the Christmas so far? Like the things that stand out for you? Getting a squishmallow. Oh. An extra large one. An extra large squishmallow, which, what, what kind of squishmallow is it? It's a peacock one, and it's blue, and I called it blue. Blue, excellent. Were there any other nice gifts that stood out? No? Not I really? really like the books I got from Santa. Oh yeah, very good. And also the bluey toy and the Sylvanians. Okay. I think that's everything I got okay so yeah you got some great great gifts from santa which was which was wonderful um before you came in i was just talking about the the year i was kind of trying to think back on things that happened this year and one of the things i spoke about mainly was a lot of nice movies that i had watched and was talking about ones i thought were good I did mention that you and I sat down and watched um, Little Women. Yes. A couple of weeks ago. Uh, what you you like that one, don't you? Yeah. What do you like about it? Hmm. I don't know really. I just like it. You just like it. And I was remembering just how I was just basically crying my eyes out, yes. you know, at all the different moments. Yeah, one like Beth dies, and then one. Uh, what's her name? Amy falls into the river. Oh yeah, that's a good moment. Amy, that was her name, wasn't it? Yeah, she that was that's the Florence Pugh character. Um, yeah. So 
if you think back about this year, because you've got a very good memory, and you can your memory can go all the way back to January, um, and just to, just to help you, January at the start of the year, it's my birthday. Do you remember yeah. back to my birthday at the start of this year? I, yeah, at the start of this year. So when you think back to this year, 2022, what are your kind of main memories that, that stick out for you? Hmm. Maybe getting Ruby and then the guinea pigs. Ah, oh, well, hold on a second. Wait, did I get Ruby last year? Yeah, we could. <laughs> we got Ruby and the guinea pigs the previous year. I thought we got Ruby no, remember, this year. No, remember, because remember it was before Christmas last year when I had to rescue Ruby from the roof of the shed and I fell off. Oh. Yeah, well, obviously, we did get a new pet this year. Yes, Peppa. So that was, and that was very recently. So what else about this year stood out for you? Mm. And you think, yeah, this year, that was a good thing. I enjoyed that. Or that was a bad thing. I didn't enjoy that. Mm. Hmm? Mm. There's probably loads of things that I like, but I just can't think of them at the moment. You can't think of them at the moment. Mm, no. There were lots of visitors in the summer, weren't there? Was there? <laughs> yeah, Jerome and Una were here oh, on their way yeah, to Rwanda. That was the summer, jeez. That was the summer, yeah. Sean was here, of course. Shawnee. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I love the part with Sean. Yeah, that's nice. Um, and I drew blood on his face because I scratched it with my nails. That was not very friendly of you, those nails of yours. I accident because he took my driver's license and ripped it and I scratched him on the Okay, that's good. At least you're you're not bitter about the the driver's license. Um, Yeah. So, um, well, okay. So you don't seem to have much to say, Ben, about this this year? No? But I've got a lot to say about what happened this month. Oh, do you? Well, okay, speak. All right. I was excited when... Wait. Probably in September. Wait, when did Oni arrive? Um, he arrived around your birthday. It was around uh, October. Oh, yeah, because he gave me a present. Okay, a pre- um, birthday present. So when Oni arrived and then Oshin arriving. Yeah. And Danny coming down to live there and Oshin arriving. Okay, so these are maybe these are t- two of my brothers have been mentioned there, and um, my brother's son Oni. Yeah, he's he's moved over, so he's living over here. Yeah, at the and moment. also Una coming. Oh, so Una was here in the summer, yeah, and, and we're obviously see Mulan. Uh, Milan. Milan. <laughs> Mulan. Mulan is Mulan. the Disney movie. Mulan. Yeah. So Mulan. these are all visitors and family members <laughs> from overseas. So you get excited when they all arrive, do you? Yeah. Okay, cool. And you wanted to talk about Lord of the Rings, was it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I did. okay. I get, I get a thumb for that. Yeah. Go on, talk to me then. Um, you talk. Well, I actually already spoke about it earlier. We, we were, because um, I was saying, you know, that's what we were watching um, over the last couple of days. No. What do you... You enjoy those movies, don't oh, you? Oh, yeah, because there's a lot of blood. There's a lot of blood. Yeah, and death. And death. And slimy stuff. And slime. Yeah. Okay. And orcs. Yeah. Like, they like how the you... Yeah. Maeve just did a, a face to make her teeth look more exaggerated and snarly. Um, okay, so we'll have to... We have to still have to watch the, the third part. Oh, yeah. 
How know? much movies is there? Is there only me three? Um, how many movies? Yeah, how many? Three. Three in the Lord of the Rings trilogy. And then there's a there's three Hobbit movies as well. Hobbit? Yeah. Okay, well, do you have... Um, if, there, if there's nothing else you have to say, um, I think we might uh, terminate this visit. But that would be only five minutes. That's No, that's you're not looking at the right thing there. Oh. Um, is there anything else you'd like to say before you, you shoot off? Hmm? Talk about stuff more. I like doing that. You like? Talk more, talk more. Talk more. Tell me what you want to talk about. Um, just talk about are, something. Are you looking forward to going back to school? No. You're not? No. I want to stay on holidays forever. <laughs> Do you really? Well, you're going to go back to school and hang out with your pals. Yeah, but... Get on with learning. But there's not going to be all of the Christmas fun stuff anymore. No, but you you know you look forward to that next year. Remember, it's not it's not special if it's uh, mm. if it's happening oh, well, all the yeah, time. The fun stuff. Be, oh yeah, we got to do book day again and dress up day, pajama day, and all that stuff. All of that stuff. Okay, cool. Okay, <laughs> right, lovely. I yeah, think um, that's that's very nice here. It's very nice here to come in and visit and come back again soon. You can have another chat. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, people. Merry Christmas. And Happy New Year, maybe. Yeah, Happy New Year. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Bye. buddy. See ya. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. That was um, that was Maeve, who I think liked the idea. <laughs> she liked the idea of coming in and having a chat more than actually chatting. Um, but that's okay. You roll the dice, and you just see what happens. So, on that um, slightly. <laughs> slightly uh, ambiguous note we're going to wrap it up uh, thanks for listening I hope you enjoyed this sort of uh, quite narrow little wrap up of my year and revisiting some of some of the uh, the movies that stood out for me this year and um, yeah just reflecting on some of the other the other um, aspects to what this year was to me I'm going to leave it. I'm going to leave it there. So, as always, thanks for listening. I hope you've had a, have had and continue to have um, a nice Christmas, a nice holiday uh, season, that you're safe and well wherever you are, and that if um, life has thrown stuff in your path, you're finding a way to to survive and to overcome um yeah there's always there's always better days ahead no matter what so um hang in there if it's not the easiest time and if you're doing brilliantly and beautifully and amazingly fair play to you okay that's it listen i'll be back next week with more and that will be the uh we'll be into a new year rolling on with the new year energy but this was nice and chilled nice and cruisy and um, yeah I hope you enjoyed it alright I'll talk to you soon thanks very much for listening mind yourselves all the best see ya bye